Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Lena Abajamra, and I'm your host. I hope we've met before, but if we haven't, it is so great to have you on board. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast, then you know that we've been doing something fun for the past few weeks. We've been doing a series called Dear Lena, where you just ask me questions about faith, life, culture, and everything in between. And I try to answer with biblical truth for everyday life. So we've covered some pretty crazy questions. And uh, every so often, just to give us a breather and just because I've got exciting guests coming on, we take a break and we talk to people that will encourage you and inspire you with their stories of hope. Today is no exception. I cannot wait for you to hear about my friend Jamie Jam Goshen. Uh, she is an old friend of mine. I uh, will tell you a little bit about how we met and uh, is a worship leader who... Jamie, I don't know if you know this, but you're when I'm listening to my podcast, uh, I mean, my to my uh, iTunes songs, you know, and my little playlists and whatnot, anytime your song comes on, when I hear your song, The Life I Live, I put that song on repeat, and it is like the theme song in my life. And I, I'm telling you, it is worth the pause. We're going to talk about that song, as well as your new record that you just released called All Things. You're going to tell the story of your healing. You've been, yes. You haven't had a record in a number of years, and I think you're yeah. going to tell us a little bit more about that. I think your record, All Above the Noise, was in 2010. 2015, you had a Christmas record, and nothing since then. Of course, you've been working in the church. You've um, helped start the belonging. You're going to tell us a little bit more about that. But we just can't wait to hear what God has been doing in your life. You are single. You know about the waiting. You talk about the waiting yeah. and I know that people listeners today are going to be blessed with your story of hope so I am so excited to have you here with me today oh it is such an honor to do this with you Lena and that just blesses my heart because sometimes you know you think oh that's such an old song do people even listen to my music anymore and you know I just love that God can take a song that he birthed you know and that was something I remember I really was walking through when I wrote that song. So just thank you. It just bless my heart to know that that is still speaking to people. God is using yeah, that. I mean, it, it's sorry. It, you know, you have a background, of course, and you and I met, well, let me, let me tell the listeners where we, we met at, I believe the first time was at a retreat where we were at Lake Geneva somewhere at the church where I was, I was actually speaking and you led the worship. I believe yep. that was the first time we met. And there was just a good synergy. You, I, I could see God's anointing on you and it just was a fun event. I think that was multiple years ago. And, um, and you, you know, I think you have a heart of worship. And I heard a little bit of your story at the time. Uh, I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about your background, how you came to the Lord. You grew up in the East Coast in Boston. And, uh, and your background is actually in more of a classical, and if I recall, jazz, because you yeah. live, right? You were a lounge yeah. player, more or less. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about all of that. Oh, you have a great memory. Yeah. So I grew up in Boston and, you know, we grew up going to um, a congregational church. It was called United Congregational Church. Unfortunately, I mean, I was part of the Sunday school, all of it. I unfortunately never heard the gospel preach. I, I knew about being a Christian, but I didn't know about being a follower of Jesus. I didn't know about giving your heart to him. I didn't know about forgiveness and repentance. And I guess truly being a disciple of Christ, that would have been um, foreign to me. So I just kind of grew up uh, being taught to be a good person, to be mm -hmm. kind, to be morally correct, to be successful in this world. Um, so I was very driven, I think, to really just achieve something by nature. I love to 
I love people. I love to help people before I knew that that was maybe like a little pastoral gift, you know? Um, and I, I did, I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music and that was really because in, in school I had severe learning disabilities as a child and thank God my parents, um, they knew they needed to get me in something other than sports because that wasn't happening either. <laughs> I was pretty bad. And so they got me a piano and I was just so drawn to it. So music, music plays a big role in my journey of faith because um, that led me to Berkeley College of Music. In California. Uh, in Boston. Yeah. Okay. A music school um, in Boston and Berkeley College of Music and I did. I studied jazz piano there, pop. You know, I, I remember being in classes with, you would remember this artist, Lisa Loeb. You say you want to hear what you want to. Do you remember her? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, taking classes from Livingston Taylor and like all these incredible songwriters and artists and just playing in bars, playing in cruise lines. My funny Valentine, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> thinking that was. That was life. And, you know, the, the American dream that we've kind of built up here to, you know, get married, have babies, have a dog, have your dream job. I'm I'm all for that. I kind of I want all that. But I think that it can be um, a little bit misleading if your heart isn't rooted and guided in Christ yet. And I wasn't. So I was just living this dream that I'd be some like famous musician and um, had the cute boyfriend that, you know, the world says all your dreams will come true when you're in love. and But I still have that void. And I think that God, he knew that when he created us, that void in my heart that only he can fill, that only God can really make us complete in him. So I, I tried everything else out there, you know, typical college girl um, living the life. And thanks be to God that a classmate she could tell how lost I really was. And um, in a songwriting class, I was I was in a, just a dark place and probably going through a breakup or something. Who knows? You know, 20, 21-year-old drama, love. <laughs> and uh, she's the one that asked me if I knew Jesus and asked me if I had encountered his love and like all these phrases I had never heard. You know, are you born again? Are you saved? I'm like, what are you talking about? Um me a Bible. And I was like, okay, like, should I put it under my bed, you know, and started reading the gospels. And she just was like, read about Jesus. And I started reading who he is and what he did for each one of us. And my heart was captivated. And she gave me a tape of, you know, bootlegged Christian music back then, because that's what we did back in the day before we oh, knew was that. It like Amy Grant or... It or even maybe even earlier, Evie was. <laughs> no, not, I'm not that old. It was. Uh, That's how old I am. Out to the Lord. Um, sure. Early Chris Tomlin, holy is the Lord God oh, Almighty. It's awesome. Um, and the music. I think God knew the way He wired my life and my heart. Music plays such a big role in my life. It really was the songs and the lyrics and the anointing on those songs that that grabbed me. And I can remember finding that classmate and being like, I need Jesus. What do I do? You know? And um, she led me to the Lord and very quick just transformation from from God. And you know, I'm not against jazz music or other genres of music by any means, but for me, um 
my heart was so captivated. I had to sing mm-hmm. about this newfound faith. And I really, I really found hope that day I got saved and uh, purpose and hope would be the two words that Jesus really brought. And uh, that has always been my prayer with my music, that it brings people closer to the heart of God and then it gives them hope. So that's a bit of my story. For a while, you you sort of did the, the you know the music thing. You lived in Nashville, had the records, and then sort of you know pick up your story sort of after. Now you're you're walking in faith. Your things are you know on the outside looking in. You know you've got it going. Except you're single. But what happened in, after you know in the last few years that sort of maybe wasn't expected for you in your Christian life? So good. And I want to add that my parents got saved after I got saved, oh. which was massive. Oh kind of plays a role into what happened after. So like my parents would have been in what, probably their fifties, I think. And they are now encountering Jesus for the first time. And that was amazing. So I was, I was traveling, touring in Christian music. I mean, put albums out as, you know, my early twenties, signed a record deal, just kind of did the whole thing, radio songs, all that, loved it. You know, domestic travel, international travel. Then I got very involved with this incredible church plant here in Nashville called The Belonging and just kind of really dove in there and was pastoring new Christians and just whatever they needed, help with guest services, help with the, you know, I was just there to do whatever and and love seeing what God is doing um, in that movement here. And I had battled illness off and on, I think for a very long time, but I just, I never knew what it was. And I was always so positive and faith filled. I just kind of pushed through. I'm one of those people that I let the joy of the Lord be my strength to a fault. And uh, I think I thought that the international travel was catching up or I thought I'm getting older. This must be what happens. You feel awful for like a week after you travel or do a show or do an event. Or, But what had happened in hindsight is that I had contracted Lyme's disease probably somewhere in like the last, gosh, who knows, 10 years, 20, maybe maybe more. I don't know. And I think it just got to a breaking point where my body was like, enough is enough. Um, You've pushed too hard, too long. And I remember that day. I remember when I I couldn't do it anymore. I remember when the headaches I got were so incredibly, it was the worst pain. It wasn't a normal headache taken Advil. It was a neurological Lyme disease infection that Mm. made your brain feel like it was literally about to explode 24-7 all day, every day. I, Lena, I would just cry and it got so low and I can't even like it, ugh, it chokes me up. Like saying, you were, did you have to be hospitalized in that time when they were doing all I, I had to move home. So I moved out of my beautiful oh, condo wow. and moved home to be with my parents and my goal so for I the day. Was, this is a couple of years ago or when did this happen? Yeah, this is 2018. Okay. Wow. So my goal for the day was to be able to get up, get out of bed, wash my face, feed myself. But some days that didn't even happen. Um, How long of a period did this go on? Yeah. So um, the church was wonderful. They gave me a sabbatical because, you know, I was on staff and um, I flew home and it really was a journey. We went to multiple doctors. I had tried so many holistic treatments over the years. I do think some of them I really benefited from and it kind of kept me going for as long as I did. Mm. Um, I also think you're a big fan. I mean, you are a big proponent and spokesperson <laughs> for holistic uh, yeah, medicine, very much into health. So you were do- doing your best to be healthy. Yeah. But- I'm very holistic. And I think honestly, emotionally, I think there were some things I wasn't dealing with. I think even spiritually, I, there was some disappointment um, with the Lord that I really, I'm, I'm good at pushing things down mm. 
And I'm not sure I was addressing the things of the heart in the right way. And that would be my message to anybody that's going through things right now. If we don't address things, they're going to come creeping right back up, whether that be our walk with God, whether that be church wounds, whether that be relationship stuff, you know, you name it. <laughs> you even know, health wise, I mean, it'll take a toll. And, and even in the health, I've seen it as a doctor where it feeds onto each other. And so, but I want to, in a second, I want to come back to the disappointment here because I think there's something, I mean, I want to talk about sort of what you found that maybe now, as you were going down this pit of illness where you can't get out of bed. So I'm Very guessing, awful. I mean, to share with you, Lena, because yeah. I'm sharing this. It, you know how happy and positive and how many people. Yeah, yeah it's almost sickening. I literally got to the place where I was like, should I still be here on earth? Can I just go to heaven? I mean, it got, wow. it was that dark because chronic pain. I mean, we're talking like nine months of the world's worst headache that nobody could fix. No pill, no drug, no my oils wouldn't even touch it. I mean, it was. Did you feel like doctors were sensitive to what you were going through? Or did you feel even from that regard, like people were like, oh, she's wacky. She's got Lyme's disease. You know, people sometimes have this bad rep with Lyme's disease. Or did you feel like you had sympathy from any source? I do think with any mysterious or chronic illness, you get labeled, oh, she's either depressed or anxious. Yeah. And let's be real, any kind of chronic pain is going to make you depressed and anxious. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, when you are not feeling yourself for that many days in a row, I don't care how positive and faith-filled you are. And like we know there's a very real enemy of the soul. And let me tell you, as strong as my strength is with joy, he knew to go after that part, mm. I think. And um, but I really do believe that was the onslaught, was to try to take me out in that area but thanks be to God, he didn't let that happen. Amen. Amen. So how did you? So how did you find the light in that darkness? Yeah. So I finally found an incredible clinic in New York called the New York Center of Innovative Medicine, and it's in Huntington, New York. You can Google it. It is literally it was the answer to my family's prayer to my prayer. It was what um, God knew I needed. Now it is way out there treatments and IVs, and it's holistic and it's. But it was that or wear an antibiotic port for the next year of my life. And I was not going to do that. Um, So it really worked. It was three months on and off of treatment. It was a ton of prayer. I had so many people praying and interceding. It was heart work. It was emotional work. Um, And I am a year later because treatment really ended about September 2019. Wow. They told me, me, they're like, give us a year, like go live your life, change your pace, but give us a year. And it really was uh, this past May that I started a real turnaround thinking I'm, I am more like myself than I have been in the last like 10 years. (laughs) That's incredible. That's such a long time. Talk about you and God in that season. Uh, did you feel his presence? What was he, or did you struggle to sense his even very presence? Honestly, when it got dark, there were moments where all I could do was reach out to people and ask them to please pray. Like I knew he would never leave. I knew that he was still there with me. Um, but yeah, there were moments I didn't sense him. My head hurt so much. It was hard to stay in the word. So I would listen to the Bible on audio a lot and let it just wash over me. But 
songs. There were different songs that I would just put on and like literally we. What, what ministered to you during that time? Song uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to pull up. Travis Green had an album come out last summer. And there's one song he did with Stephanie Gretzinger called um, I Am Love. You Are Good and I Am Love. And oh, that wow. is she part of that maybe um, we can put that in the in the podcast notes for people yeah. to and so you felt like that really ministered to you are you the kind of person that when you find a song you keep playing it or was it a situation where you would just listen to it once in a while oh I listened to it over and over I mean I would be in the treatment because some of those IVs would take like three hours just sitting in this chair and I would just sit there weeping and crying and um and let it wash over me. And I mean, I have no clue what the staff there, they probably thought, wow, what's going on with this girl? But I would feel, I would feel the presence of God, you know, and just be like, I would hear him whispering to me, you just wait and see how I'm going to work this for your good. I'm not done with you, Jamie. Or like, this isn't the end. There's another song um, our church um, had put out called You're Not Finished Yet. And I would mm-hmm. listen to that one. And some of the songs off the album I had demos of, you know, I had written like a, one of the songs called All Things for My Good that's out now. I had just the demo of that. And I would just play that over and over again and be reminded that God will work this. Together. Well, I mean, talk about this record. I mean, so this comes out now, fall of, of um, 20, like, I don't know exactly when we're airing. Yeah, it October 2nd, Friday. <laughs> right. So it's coming. We're recording three days before it comes out, which is great. Yeah. We'll probably run this in the next couple of weeks. But but bottom line, um, tell us how you were able to create the, these songs in the season. Or what took, a, you didn't create for a long time, really. What ha- I mean, from a music perspective, what happened between 2010 and now, besides that Christmas album? Were you done writing or was there a lot of other songs? Kind of walk me through some of that. Such a good question. So <laughs> I think, honestly, I knew there was more music in my heart and in my life, but I had really laid it down. I wasn't really doing much music at The Belonging. I was mostly pastoring there, <laughs> yeah. which was awesome. But I was still doing women's events and still singing and kind of always felt that tug in the back mm-hmm. of my heart. Um, but I think even if I'm being honest, I think I began to believe some lies that maybe that season was over. Maybe I was too old. Maybe I'm dated. Maybe my voice isn't like this cool, edgy worship leader voice that you kind of hear everywhere now (laughs) on Christian radio and most, you know, um, and I think I bought into some lies. And so this album for me really is very healing of Mm -hmm. knowing that God God gives us all gifts in different shapes, sizes, forms. Platforms are going to look different for everyone. Some people might reach 10 people. Other people might reach 10,000. Some are going to have like a massive reach and reach millions, right? And being okay with who he created me to be as a minister of music. Because I've never considered myself like a superstar. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not an artist. (laughs) I'm more of, I just love to sing songs that minister to people and bring hope. So once I kind of dealt with that lie, so it freed me to be able to do this album. So some of these songs, Lena, were written seven years ago. Some of the demos I pulled out, I'm like, wow, I wrote that a long time ago. And we then got in the studio. Some of them were recorded before I got really hit with the lime. Some of them were recorded after. So it's really, to me... Um, my prayer is that this record called All Things, based off of All Things for My Good, would be for people that 
have walked through those seasons of long suffering like I did have felt like they're in the valley and they're stuck. And my prayer is it encourages them that there is hope on the other side. There is victory in Christ. That's going to look different for each one of us. But God will see you through however that outcome um, looks. He's not going to leave you stranded. Um, One of the songs is called The Great Unknown. And I remember writing that like, here I go, God, I'll take another breath. I'll take another step because that's literally all I could do in that season. And I, the, the hook is that, you know, for I will never walk alone out here in the great unknown. And that really is the truth of that last season. You know, so many people understand that tension. I think that so many Christians, myself included, have lived in those valleys and sort of the shadow of death, so to speak. But what are some of the biggest gifts of the season of darkness, would you say, that God has given you? I think life. I feel like, you mean on on the other side of it? Yeah, yeah. like as you reflect over the difficulty, like there's a part of me that as a Christian has struggled when I've, like even I'm hearing you tell the story, I think, why why doesn't God just heal us? Like we're Mm -hmm. trying to serve and walk in obedience. You have to suffer for a full year. Like, you know, where's the, you know, there's a part of us that's so, you know, sort of reminds me of my my six-year-old nephew. Like I come to the spiritual realm sometimes as a toddler, kind of going, God, just fix it. And yet he really drags it out and allows the pain to, persist and, and 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 but there are moments where you know you know why God has done it and you see sort of and I think you mentioned a little like there was some mm-hmm. some disappointments you needed to address yeah. what have been some of those gifts that as you look back now on that year and, and really process of multiple years of, of of trial I guess or darkness that you say man thank God for that all things did work out for good like what are some of the good things yeah. that you see have come out of it so good so I I don't think I ever knew what it really meant to persevere. I think um, a lot of things in my life happened quickly as a new Christian and even in the areas of dreams and a lot just happened fast and there was an element of success that came with it. And I think that journey of um, health really taught me about perseverance. I think it also, um, it really gave me a heart for long suffering and for people that you know, we, I come out of an environment church-wise that maybe sometimes leans a little bit more on, and I do believe Jesus heals. He is mm-hmm. our healer, but I have a new sensitivity and a new compassion for when the healing doesn't happen right away. You know, for when you pray for someone yeah. and they're healed immediately, I think I have a new um, grace and compassion for that, um, the long suffering for things that don't change right away. Um, I grew in that area. I think that even impatience, um, I am still waiting on certain things and those areas of disappointment that want to creep in. I think the victory I'm now walking in is I have life. Like I want to wake up in the morning again. I, I want to live. I want to be with friends again. I want to, you know, like all of that was just gone. I didn't, I didn't have the capacity, I didn't have the health or the brain space to interact well. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's the gift of life. Like I don't take this life for granted, whether I have 10 more days or hopefully I live to 100, you know, like I'm just so grateful to be alive. And even with this album now, back in the day, I would have wanted a number one hit. I would have wanted radio to play every single song we send. I would, you know, all those yeah. Kind of earthly accolades, I guess. A Dove Award. Honestly, I want people, whoever gets this album, to hear it and feel life and hope 
and encouragement, especially those who are walking through a valley season. So just, I guess my perspective has changed so much. It, it gives me a new perspective on life. That's so good. I mean, I, for one, I mean, I, you can sense a difference, a depth to people who have walked in pain and suffering mm. as a, as a human. I mean, I, I see it, I feel it, I, I can tell. And I think there is a depth, a richness that comes out of it. I, I, I mean, I think there's a couple of questions I want to have us address here. Oh, I can't decide which one I want to go for first. Let, let, let me, let me give you this one. It's on singleness. Somebody sent me an email about uh, this person was written about his sister and asked us to pray. And it's an anonymous note, but I think it applies to so many. I have a lot of singles that follow this ministry. As you know, I'm still single and I know you are too. And I, I really would be curious because I think a lot of disappointment in our modern day, you know, 2020 lifestyle, you can't help, but, but, but put that, you know, whether you know, you're thriving as a single, which I do see that you are one of those examples of people who are truly thriving as a single. There's still some level of sort of bittersweet disappointment as you oh, yeah. come to terms with God's way. So this guy writes, my sister is in her early thirties. She desperately wants a husband and a family. She feels betrayed by God for not providing one and has slipped away from her faith as a result. At times, she's even talked about how life is not worth living mm. if she doesn't find someone by the time she is 40. What are some ways I can love and support her when she's so angry at God and determined that uh, a God who doesn't provide a family is not a loving God worth being in a relationship with? How have you come to terms with God's love as you've dealt with being single now? And are you yet in your 40s? Jamie, I'm in my late forties. Talk about that a little. I think sometimes people think we get more used to being single, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? No. And I I do think that I absolutely still have that desire and prayer and cry about it more than people probably know. Mm -hmm. Give that give that desire to God. But I also think that we live in a broken world and there's there's disease here, there's hurt here, there's sickness, there's pain. Um why some people meet their spouse right away and get married, you know, in their 20s and others, it seems like a long journey. I don't know that. I guess I've had to come to make peace with God that um, there's no good thing that he withholds. So if, if it's not in my life right now, I've, I've just played and it's not good yet. And I don't want anything that's not good in the eyes of God. And there's been plenty of men that I could have dated, I could have gone down that road with, but either I didn't have a piece or it didn't work out or they didn't feel it or whatever. But I just see that now as God's protection, not as rejection. I think I used to deal with some rejection. Am I not pretty enough? Am I not skinny enough? Am I not smart enough? I, I, that changes when you turn 40. Let me tell you, I yeah. think I'm awesome, right? Right, right. Well, still, yeah. I still have to give that dream and desire to God and trust him. I either trust him or I don't, but it doesn't mean that it's not easy. And I can actually see how some women of faith after years and years of waiting, I can see how maybe they would end up with a guy that's not, you know, totally sold out for God or because of loneliness, because of disappointment, because of your biological clock to Picking, let's be real. Like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't want to be having sex. Like, God created sex, right? It's a good thing, but it's good within his boundaries, right? And we, I know that, especially as someone who got saved later in life. Like, I know the value of trusting and following God's ways. So, I think what I would encourage somebody with is don't focus on what you don't have in this season, focus on what you do have and what you can do in this life, in this season. 
And as you are running your race as best as you can, even on those crappy days where you just watch Hallmark movies and eat coconut ice cream till you're blue Mm -hmm. in the face, you know, like I don't want to sound like I'm, I get that. And there's very real moments, but let's trust God that, you know, if that's part of his beautiful story for you, beautiful story, one of the new songs, yeah, (laughs) then that will take place. And, you know, there's a line in that song that says, all the while you, you keep saying, trust that I am custom making everything for good. And what I have learned, Lena, of custom made things, they take time. They're usually of very good quality um, and they don't just happen right away. So for me, I rest in that God is literally like handwriting my love story. And I'm going to keep believing until I'm like in my casket and dead. You know what I mean? Like, but that's just, that's just where I'm at. It's hard though. Like I can't tell you it's how many, you know, well, how many you know, like, but don't you think sometimes like when you, if you admit, like there is also, I mean, it, it is a vulnerable place in a sense to admit that you're still potentially waiting. Right. I mean, it's almost like, like, it, I think it is so brave when you, I love hearing that. Cause I think most people who haven't met the one ha- are still waiting, but the older you get, it's almost like the more naked you feel to admit it because it's sort of, I don't know. I think our culture would almost be like, well, you know, it's like the sense that something is wrong with you or haven't you? Yeah. Given up? Like it's easier to say, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm fine. Right. Cause it sort of shows that you're strong. Well, yeah. And in the world's eyes, like if I wasn't a Christian, I'll just be real. I would totally be out there dating around and having right. fun. And, but my values in Christ are so just rooted now that I can't do that. Like I love God too much, you know? So so yeah, when I when I wrestle that with that, or when people are like, I can't believe you're not married, or like, what in the world, you know, like what's wrong? Da, da, da. Yeah, I'm just like, guys, like nothing's wrong. It just it hasn't happened yet, you know. And so I'm just determined to live the fullest life I can. Mm-hmm. You know, also, like I think with age, you learn a lot. Like maybe I was a little too independent. Maybe I didn't have room to need a man, and men want to be needed and. I think even that whole health thing I went through, like, I know you're a strong, independent woman as well, like successful woman, that whole health thing, like I need help. I want help. I don't want to do it all alone. And I think that it kind of cracked something open for me with that as well. And maybe some more vulnerability that I was as open to before. That's nice. That's awesome. I mean, I completely understand and appreciate this. (laughs) Well, be pastoral for a minute for the person single who might be, you know, I think there's, you're in that place, you're, you know, maybe you're even listening to this and they're in a dark place right now and of loneliness, not so much health, but just, and I think it's a temptation. And, and what would you pastor a person that might be tempted to kind of resort to sort of this escapist, whether it's, you know, binge on Netflix or, you know, hit up some websites that may help you feel better for a moment, whatever it is that we might, you know, maybe indulge in over drinking, whatever habit that might feel good for a moment to forget that pain. How would you, how would you encourage them? And in particular people who may in COVID era, not feel that they have the support, like maybe they don't have a church body to come around them. It, it, what are some things that you might encourage them to do? Or, or, you know, how would you help somebody in that having walked there? I mean, I know you, I know I've been there. How would you encourage them to say, man, don't go down that path. It's only going to lead to more more misery. But what are some ways maybe to experience God's love in those moments of pain? Yeah, well, I have definitely had my Netflix binge nights. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know what? I also feel like there's grace. Like there's some days where I, 
I feel like God just knows I need to like check out and watch, you know, something appropriate, but just give my brain a break. And so like, there's grace right now. Right. Right. Don't, don't be sloppy grace and all that. But, um, I do think (laughs) that's it's an interesting question because there is, you know, isolation is where the enemy will have his biggest play day, which we know isolated when you're lonely, when you feel like there's no one in your life that you can talk to. Um, but sometimes you can't just find church community overnight, right? Or right now, COVID shut down churches. I think the biggest thing for me that keeps me grounded is just staying in the word. And I'm not one to read huge amounts at a time. My brain isn't built that way. It never has been. But if I get some of the word in me every day, I feel like those are the days, those are the seasons I'm winning at life a lot better than when I'm not in the word. Same thing with the music I'm listening to, what I'm watching on TV, which, you know, everyone has different convictions and all that, but we know what we can handle and what we can take. Right. So um, I think it's really listening to that, the spirit of God within us, the Holy spirit. And, you know, we know when our hearts are being checked a little bit, like, ah, you probably don't need to watch that. Or, ah, you know, you probably don't need to, you know, whatever the situation is. So I think it's being led by the spirit, but I'm also maybe just like what I walk through. I don't know. I'm so much more grace led now. Cause I think I used mm-hmm. to live under some condemnation and shame and there is no perfect person, but Jesus. And so the more I feel like I'm falling away from him or doing things that maybe I'm like, ah, that's probably not the best. I now just come to him and I'm like, what do I do? Like, help me in this area. Mm. And it's always different. Like, find the things that make you come alive. Like, for me, biking, I love riding my bike. Like, I mean, there's just days that I will pedal my little life out of that thing for an hour. You know what I mean? Like, and just get outside. For me, sunsets bring my heart so much peace. And so my friends always joke with me, oh, you're chasing another sunset. But it's, <laughs> it's therapy for me. Like, it it does something to my brain. It, you know, it, it soothes me in a certain way. And so I guess to that person, I would say, find the things that, you know, you and Jesus are okay with, you know, they aren't causing you to stumble in any way. Um, and do that and do it as much as you need and like live your life to the fullest even in the most empty of places, you know? Well, and I remind people too. I mean, one of the reasons we do this, um, podcast, ministry online. I mean, uh, we're not just pulling out a show. Like I remind people, if that's you and you're listening, email. I mean, I give you guys an email at, at the end of the show because we really want to pray for you. At, and what, I mean, we've created at Living With Power, the online community for you guys to be able to connect uh, with us. And so I think that, you know, I get in these places as a single where uh, I don't want, I, I, I sort of indulge that self-pity and that place of pain mm-hmm. where it feels good, you know, to continue to self-flagellate and be like, well, it must stink. You know, you kind of get into this hole that gets really dark. And I just want to kind of throw you a buoy if that's you and you're listening yeah. for some reason you landed on this, like reach out to us. Jamie, I, I mean, I've watched your Instagram. I follow you and, and you always put encouraging stuff. Like I'm the Eeyore to your Winnie the Pooh. Like you're like, everything's <laughs> always so happy. I'm always like the worth is going to fall. You know, everything's going to, you know, go to hell in a handbasket. And I just, I find it refreshing. And so, I mean, I think this, like, I believe I, as I've read your, 
posts on Instagram, like you really have a heart to encourage people. And so even something like that might be encouraging, watch who you follow on Instagram, on Twitter, because that influences your mood. In fact, I want to sort of, as we come to the end, sort of give advice to those young people that might be listening, who you talked a little bit about this and sort of want to hit it up as we end, you talked about success, significance. We are living in this world where like likes matter, retweets matter. And, you know, people get so caught up in this world, Christians and non-Christians alike. How have you, like, again, practical advice, how do you guard your heart against that disappointment of putting yourself out there, be it like now, reality, you got a record coming out. And I know you're you're talking, I, I hear your faith in it and you want to offer it to the Lord. But as a person who is a creative and puts stuff out there, it is so hard to not feel always like uh, top of the, you know, best-selling list, et cetera. How, what are some practical ways that you could encourage young people to live a life that matters to the Lord? Mm. Well, definitely don't think that your likes on Instagram means anything. <laughs> I can yeah. remember when MySpace was the thing back in my early 20s. And like, oh my gosh, we my MySpace was rocking. Let's just say it was awesome, right? <laughs> but I felt no better about my worth, my value. It's good. Uh, and here I am with Instagram. And my Instagram is not anything to, you know, I'm not one of the artists that have all the millions. You know, I don't even have, whatever. It doesn't matter. But so definitely finding our worth in what we believe. And for us, that would be who Jesus says we are, who we are in Christ. And I know that is so easy to say and sometimes hard to walk out. But the only way we know what he says about us is to get to know him, right? It's like a relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't really know someone on Instagram. We're just posting the highlights. Everything is filtered and looks great. And But when you really are raw and real with Jesus... He gets to know you, you get to know him. And I think that's then where your value and your worth is solidified. And so then I think that the outward success, whatever your bank account is, whatever your career looks like, whatever your relational status is, it doesn't carry as much weight because at the end of the day, I know who God says I am. That's a child of God that's, you know, chosen, that's called, that's set apart. He says, we're beautiful. We're fearfully, we're wonderfully made. Like, there is something in his word for every every aspect that we might be battling, you know? So it's finding what that what that truth is and replacing that with the lie. And um, I know it's easier said than done, but my favorite thing to do, Lena, is just to ask Jesus in the morning, what do you think about me today? Why do you love me? Good. And I don't really ask him, like, wait, you love me because of that? Like, no, why do you really love me? And You know, it might sound corny and cheesy, but I think the more whole we are in Christ and in our walk with God, the better we're going to be anyways in a relationship and a marriage because we're not going to, you know, we're we're coming as a whole person, not fractured and bruised and carrying all this baggage. I mean, we all have wounds and stuff that we're dealing with. But so I guess that would be my advice, like become the best version of who you are and and live live as full as you can. And let's be real. We all have bad days. You know, I have plenty of those. And so I'm preaching to myself as well. <laughs> Maybe that's good. So the record drops, I've already pre-ordered it. So I can't wait. I know you can get it on, probably on all Spotify too. I don't care. I buy records of artists I love and I download every song and again in my playlist. And I am so excited to get this. Um, tell people where, can you find it anywhere? I mean, what, tell us more about, you know, sort of yeah. the details. So they can get it anywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, 
if people are old fashioned like me and they want the actual CD, they can buy that on my website. Oh, where do you where do you listen to it? That's the, do you you have an actual disc or something? Yeah, well, my car has one. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, so you can buy that at Jamie Jam J A I M E J A M dot com. Come find me on Instagram. That's my full name, Jamie Jamgosian. Facebook, Jamie Jamgosian. Um, um, this is exciting. I can't wait to hear the rest of your story in the years to come, Jamie. And I think we need to do another event together. Yeah, girl. When we can start doing events, I would love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. End of 2021. That's my prediction. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. So let me just uh, wrap things up, guys. It's been awesome having you guys here uh, listening. Uh, if you uh, have any questions from me or Jamie, please shoot me an email at alina at livingwithpower.org. In the meantime, check out the website, livingwithpower.org. Plenty of resources, Bible studies, uh, short, long, you name it, we've got it for you, and it's free. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is our hope. And get Jamie's record, all things. It's out now. Uh, Go listen to it and be encouraged. Love you guys and catch you next week. Bye.